The following is a read-along, read-aloud version by author and writer Matthew Pope, host of Land of Ancient First, of his publication, War with the Remnant, Translated Literature. For more on Matthew Pope, or for a summary of his writing career, social media, or other information, visit allthingsworktogether.org, or to visit Land of Ancient First on Instagram, search at Land of Ancient First. Furthermore, you can visit Matthew Pope 28 on Facebook or Instagram for resources on podcasting, sermons, and speaking engagements by Matthew Pope. Just search for at Matthew Pope 28. As promised, here is Matthew Pope in War with the Remnant Translated Literature. War with the Remnant Translated Literature At the dawn, the seaport arose with the morning sun as vigor overtook vessels of loading dock work. It is a scarlet moonlight that beamed over the wood, crackling with merchants and those readying themselves for occupying brute ships. These were manifested weapon carriers, designed for the enigmatic battle of God. Aim for their departure shortly, as heated tensions were on the horizon between this element of coastal dwellers and those of the foreign world. Theirs was the dominion of darkness. These were light keepers at the stage of a new world. A Carolina crescent faded into a humidity tide that blanketed the early morn. Shipmates traversed the streets of the hurrying sailors who were embarking for a moment for their travels. It was a slow crawl up the 26-mile hall from the open ocean. On the hilltops before them, houses of widows' watches and gardens of southern repose dotted the landscape and the brickwork along the narrow passes fomented a sense of both recluses and showstoppers. Wayward men of nautical climates were welcomed. Peeking through the cityscape, crosses of churches rising above their centuries-old houses showed the faith and tradition of elders who incorporated the city. It was priestly vestments that were caked about those with the good book, and the good news was preached fervently. Some discussed the end of days, and some committed to these end times. And while as some made merry for their troubles, others turned to prayer. It was where it was written in writing that men and women made their trust. It was in God's word that they sought after a refuge, which ale or gin couldn't supply. And while some enjoyed a tip of the hat and a clinking of the glass, the crews were drawing near to the waterways yet again. Bustling seafarers were quipping to one another of their time. It was running short. From the dewdrops on Spanish moss that the burning heat would dry by noon, Hours would eventually creep by as watches ticked aloud, signaling a coming hour. Now multitudes had been distracted beforehand, but now the power and the tasting of death was nigh at hand. For, in this quiet yet preoccupied town, the limits of those exerting diplomacy were shortening on the fuse. A sparkling ignition was heading toward a chamber of gunpowder. War with the Remnant, Translated Literature, Intermission And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation 12.17 War is coming. Will you be ready? The world is shaking from an approaching enemy and an encroaching lord, preparing for the final showdown. Who will be the victor? The first Christian novel from author and writer Matthew Pope, War with the Remnant Translated Literature, brings scripture and fiction into one work. Set in North Carolina, follow the events of a holy nation, meeting an unholy people, building towards a closing battle. 
with images and imagery in Wilmington, North Carolina, Southport, North Carolina, Oak Island, North Carolina, and along the mighty Cape Fear River. This publication intends to forewarn and predict. The first entry into the War with the Remnant series, Translated Literature, is now available for purchase on Amazon and Kindle. War with the Remnant, Translated Literature Benedict concentrated in the courtyard as he kneeled before the statue of St. Francis of Assisi. A granite fixture, it represented serenity, and before it laid an engraved prayer that was familiar to him. He had heard it often, but in this extended conversation with God and with this saint, he repeated it over in his heart, meditating on each line as his sight scouted the letters of each sentence. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. In his mind, he thought, let me become an orchestra of gentleness to others. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. His lips quivered, and he restated, when I am despised, let me return charity. Where there is injury, pardon. Inside, he became intentional. Let those I have wounded be healed. Where there is doubt, faith. As emotions began to accumulate, he whispered, let me be not faithless. Where there is discord, union. He boldly acclaimed, For my injunctions, may there be resolve. Where there is despair, hope. Again he resounded, Despite my insolence toward doubt, faith. Where there is darkness, light, insistent. For where I have called shadows, let it be revealed. Where there is sadness, joy. Finishing this, he said, Wherever there be lack of happiness, serendipity. His knees trembled with both grief and with energy. He was drawn into conviction as he continued. And nearby bells of the tolling noon did ring. Their soft tonging echoed over the lanky pines and hanging leaves. Parishioners in daily lawns left St. Mary's as St. James rung with fire. St. Stephen sat still with St. Thomas dormant, and St. Nicholas waiting for its endeavoring uprise. Lastly, St. Mark's was using its prominent steeple to obey his sibling churches. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. He read aloud and began to whisper his prayers, Permit, O Lord, that I would not so much invest in comfort, but in comforting my brethren, to not be perceived, but to look on the heart and not on the outward appearance. He opened his hands while bowing his head and kept knelt on the ground. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. He stood to his feet, his legs now shaking for the rocky kneeler on which he made with pebbles below him. In a deep breath he closed by saying, Thou, Lord, hast said that it is better to give than to receive, and that whatsoever dwelling place we enter in are received, they shall not be dead in their trespasses. For when one is converted, he is saved from a multitude of sins. Dying to self and denying, we shall be increased in thee. Let me decrease. War with the Remnant, Translated Literature, Intermission In 2018, a vision was born in the seal of the Roman Catholic faith, a tested truth that's been tried and found trustworthy. Certified with the biblical words of Acts 2.42, it was a joint plea to discover the absolutes of Jesus' ministry, his church, and our roles in the public offices of gospel evangelism. With every recording came the invitation to respond to the Holy Ghost. 
Once more, we endeavor for hospitality and welcoming listeners to hear God's word, to open the floodgates of Christ's mercy, and to pour forth into the spirits the wholeness of God, removing every stain of wicked, every lack of confidence, and every second guess of indecision. Instead, decision begins today to believe that Jesus Christ is and that he shall always be. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. In the Apostles' Doctrine, returning Fall 2020. War with the Remnant, Translated Literature. Finishing this anonymity, alone among the azaleas, he departed. Stepping onto the masonry below him, he treaded the crease of the sidewalk under his feet, the cracks seeping through with roots from ancient trees. Branches thick with girth straddled the clearance above his head, and he ducked and dodged through them as he persisted toward the rear of the parish. He glanced at his watch. Twenty-eight minutes past twelve, he remarked. The call to port would assuredly sound when the shipment had been processed in. He had a few lengthy seconds to spare, observing this riverside home that he had called his own for years. He was born in the midst of rumors of war, hearing thereof of their battle drums, but always seeing the avoidance. He had recalled the stories of valiant fighters who had waited for vengeance for so long that they had grew wearied, tired, and worn out. Their legendary status among villagers had also been outgrown by their negligence, and at the subsequent lineages, their appointment to serve did not render anything. They had trained, had undergone special learning, had involved themselves to much teaching and knowledge, but it did not secure for them salvation. Needless to say, their ranks depleted and were replenished with some of their breed, some timid, some afraid, and some compromising. He couldn't help but remember these words and looked out over the burial ground that lay at the corner of Forth. Broken slabs of pioneers, revolutionaries who endeavored to free colonies from tyranny, and their children too, asleep in the town center. Groves of jagged pathways overran with grass. Massed soul-drowned leaders that did not relent when pressure from outside forces visited their steads. Languishing away in these mortal bodies, their spirits were well alive in the textbooks and those accomplishments they had contributed to when above. God's tears watered their cemetery plots, for faithful men had met an end, and God wondered if the next would be akin to their likeness or discipline. Benedict pondered, too, if there would be another to replace the lost ones that were deceased in natural causes. He dared to believe that he could step into their shoes to continue in the apostles' doctrine and the breaking of bread and the fellowship verily. He considered himself a wretch who necessitated a loving Savior, but a sinner saved by grace indeed. He recognized he was no different than the sarcophagi that lined the hallowed lands of these formerly. And as he considered, he noticed one plot seemingly surfaced. It looked as though it were opened for him to enter in. A transformation. War with the Remnant, Translated Literature, Intermission Thank you for tuning in today, and we appreciate your time spent listening to words inspired by God's Spirit, strung over a soothing background. Our hope is that the imagery and description prove that God is in the details of all that we do that the Lord uses the signs of the times for our benefit to know that it is short above all and requires Him. If Jesus isn't the Lord of your life, we pray you'll consider listening with us again. 
You can even repeat after this small prayer and with sincerity and faith become a born-again believer. Just pray, Lord God, we ask of you today for grace and power to have the scales drop from our eyes and have truth come in. Heal my soul of sin. Forgive me of wrongdoing. Take away my debt towards you and others. I want to be saved by Christ. I want to love and live for him alone. I want to have a bond and relationship with the Son of God that can never be broken. I affirm this. I trust in this. I accept you, O my Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and we invite you to join us here again on Land of Ancient Firsts.